your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I have a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we get underway with tonight's show, I wanted to tell you about one of our other great podcasts because you need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. On tonight's episode, it is officially the week of the NHL Seattle expansion draft, and I'm sure a lot of folks are very anxiously awaiting the protected lists, which have been announced, and I wanted to walk through them, and then of course talk about one of the biggest developments over the weekend, which was the Ryan Ellis trade. Now, a lot of folks are probably going to be interested in this one as well, because Ryan Ellis was at one point somebody that I think some Jets fans were interested in. He's obviously not going to be a trade target for Winnipeg right now. I think in the the situation that the Jets are in and ultimately um, where Ryan Ellis is in his career as well as his contract and injury stuff, I feel like there's a lot of risk that actually comes with him. And my guess is the Jets are, are going to be looking for a younger D. But we'll focus on that later in this episode. Let's first kick off with the protected list and talking about the different implications because there are some interesting things that I think long term the Jets have kind of tipped their hand at. Starting off with the forwards, we have seven protected, which is Blake Wheeler, Mark Scheifele, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Adam Lowry, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Andrew Kopp. Now, uh, on this list, we've got a couple of interesting names. Blake Wheeler was naturally going to be one of the guys that the Jets always protected, but I think a lot of folks are sort of wondering what his long-term future is with Winnipeg. And to a point, I agree. I think the Jets are probably wondering whether or not Wheeler really has all that many seasons left in him. I wonder if he's actually going to finish out his contract. Wheeler is like, what, 34 or so? And, you know, at his age and what he's been able to accomplish, he's already had a very long and fulfilling career, and the odds that the Jets are really looking for a cup anytime soon is probably pretty low. Blake has definitely slowed down over the past couple of seasons to the point where at times he can be a liability on the ice. It's really unfortunate because there was a time when Wheeler was one of the most imposing wingers in the league, but now it's it's a little bit less that. His even strength production has definitely fallen off. His ability to create scoring chances off the rush is minimal. It's just a really rough time. And if you start to pair him with guys who really struggle in the in the defensive zone, Wheeler's not able to really compensate for them. Long term, I feel like Blake maybe has two seasons left. I, I don't know if he's really going to be able to finish out his contract because, you know, his health is going to be at some point a question mark. And maybe he just kind of gets tired of playing. I don't know. Maybe he wants to go another five years. I feel like Wheeler is is at this point a lot closer to retirement than he is playing multiple seasons after this, but I could be wrong. I think it's a tough one. You know, you have to sort of weigh the costs and benefits of of continually putting your body through this at his age and, you know, starting to notice that you can't always keep up as much. He is, however, the captain, so I don't imagine that he'll be departing the Jets in the immediate future. It would probably be a couple of seasons at least before we start to see uh, at least a little bit more discussion around that. 
The more interesting protected name is Andrew Kopp, and I'm surprised that the Jets actually did this because Kopp is due for a major raise. Uh, today we actually saw Barkley Goudreau, who is currently being negotiated with the New York Rangers, and Goudreau is looking at something like $3.6 million over six years. When factoring in this contract with the Ryan Nugent Hopkins deal that was around $5.2-ish million per season for like, what, what was it, seven or eight years? You can kind of see where Andrew Kopp is going to get to a, a contract valuation of around four and a half or so million per season. I think Andrew's going to be looking for six to seven years. I'm not really sure I would be interested in that contract deal. I, I think a lot of folks would probably be at least a little bit hesitant. I, I, for me, the term is just a little bit long for a guy who, you know, is kind of uh, on the older side, relatively speaking. Cop just turned 27, which isn't old per se, but it is kind of towards the end of the period in which you would be considered a prime player. So if you're if you're signing for a long-term contract here, I'm not 100% sure Cop is the kind of guy that I'd be looking for investing a lot of term and money into. It's tough because there's a lot of signs that indicate that he could actually be somebody worth that contract value, especially when he's deployed in the top six or alongside skill. I just don't know if he's actually going to sign that with the Jets. Or at least I was a bit unsure until I saw that he was actually protected. This is very interesting because if Cop is protected, it might actually mean that a contract extension is a lot closer than I expected. Given that the Jets already uh, extended and protected Adam Lowry, I was kind of thinking Cop was on the way out. But if he's actually looking at signing a deal long term with the Jets, I'm curious to know what the cap hit is. I feel like it can't be anything lower than like four. You know, that's like, it's going to start with a four million. I feel like that's just the base level. And I would be utterly shocked if it somehow came under that. If it did, he would definitely be taking a below market deal because if he goes to free agency, he'll be one of the more sought after free agent forwards of the entire group. I don't know if he would actually get closer to 5 million. I know that Zach Hyman is being rumored to be in the neighborhood of around 5 to 6 million per season for like 6 or 7 years. If you want to talk about nuts contracts, that one right there is a serious one to avoid. I like Hyman. I think he's got a very useful skill set, but it's kind of the same as Tom Wilson's playmaking abilities, which, you know, ignoring the decapitation stuff, in terms of his actual ice hockey skills and whatnot, Wilson is more of a complimentary forward who, if you pair him with the right guys in the top line, can actually play pretty effective hockey, but I'm not looking to pay like five or six million for that. You know, there are plenty of other guys who could be a complimentary piece, and I kind of view Hyman in the same way. Cobb is a much more well-rounded player, especially on the defensive side of things, and if you give him skill, he has enough tools to essentially not fall behind. I think that's the biggest thing for him is just not falling behind and being able to keep up with the rest of the group. But... You know, I sort of wonder where the Jets are looking at this, because if they're thinking he's like a 5 million plus forward, I can't imagine that they would sign that extension. If they protected him, I feel like they're a lot closer to a deal, and it has to be 4.5 million or less. That's kind of where I'm at. If it starts to go beyond that, yeah, Cop is probably going to be packing his bags and moving on, because there's no way the Jets are going to be looking to spend that much on a guy who is, you know, at the stage of his career, a really good, if not elite middle sixer, but not much more than that. I'd love to hear what you value cop at. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. I'll start to collect some feedback and talk about the expansion draft process, as well as, you know, who the Jets actually lose later in this week. But up next, we're actually going to take a look at the defenders and talk about some of the interesting implications in the DeMello versus Stanley debate. Before we go any further, though, I did want to tell you about why Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, then by now you know that I'm personally a huge fan of Bilt Bars. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, they're so great because they taste more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft chewy interior. They come in delicious flavors like coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, salted caramel, and more. 
but you should always be subscribed to Built.com's social media channels and their website newsletter because they often have very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. If flavors like Churro Puff and Grasshopper Cookie get your mouth watering, then check out Built.com today. As great as Built Bars taste, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 70 to 18 grams of protein. They're perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Go to Built.com and place your order today. Welcome back to this uh, episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are now talking about players that are currently being protected by the Jets and what it might mean for Winnipeg going forward. We talked about the forwards and more specifically Andrew Kopp and Blake Wheeler. Now it's time to turn our attention to the defensemen and the goalie. Of course, the only goalie that the Jets have actually protected is Connor Hellebuck. That's pretty self-explanatory. Where there has been a lot of contention and certainly arguments on Twitter has been, of course, um, the defenders. Because it's come down to Morrissey, Pionk, Logan Stanley, and Dylan DeMello. And the Jets can only protect three of those guys. The players that they've chosen this time around are Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk, and Logan Stanley. In a vacuum, you can already tell that there's a reason there's so much backlash against this particular list. Logan Stanley getting protected over Dylan DeMello is a huge mistake in my opinion. And from what I've seen, a lot of folks are defending this decision because they feel that Logan Stanley has big physical traits and actually has upside. I feel like there are a couple of things to address here. The first is that, yeah, Logan Stanley is a really big dude. In fact, he's massive, which in some instances can be really useful, especially if you're battling in the corners or looking to seal off shooting lanes. That sheer height, size, uh, strength, and stick reach advantage can be very useful in very specific situations, especially for a defender who has to shut down a lot of shooting angles and block shots. What I think people fail to acknowledge is that for Logan Stanley to actually get to the NHL, it's been a bit of a long road. I don't know if folks have been following him since his Manitoba Moose days, but Stanley has had to work on a lot, and I think he's actually made a lot of progress, which is great. I feel like he's put in the hours. He's absolutely earned a role at, at, you know, finding his way onto an NHL team, certainly in like a third pairing role, but I think people have to set their expectations a little bit lower than what they've had him at. Stanley was always thrust into a really difficult position of having been overdrafted because the guys after him, like Alex Dabrinkit, you know, Sam Girard, all of these guys have had really regular NHL roles, and some of them have even had pretty prolific careers. Logan was taken like 16th overall, I believe, which the Jets traded up for, and of course that at the time was a bit of an issue. Now, in hindsight, it looks even worse, but, you know, you can't really undo mistakes that you made long ago. So the Jets have seemingly learned from it, and, you know, Stanley himself has actually worked to try and round out a lot of his issues. Where you start to see some limitations in Stanley's upside is that some of the stuff that he struggled with back then when he was drafted are still issues now. You know, uh, really fast, agile, skilled forwards that he has to face, those put him under a lot of pressure, and he often does not handle that well. Logan is the kind of guy who makes really straightforward breakout passes and looks to make clean plays, but nothing really flashy, and certainly under pressure he struggles. He sometimes has a habit of taking a very straight line to whatever his objective is, which makes him a little bit predictable and easy to read. You often find that he has issues with really fast shifty forwards who can sort of change momentum, pivot around, and accelerate past him very quickly. Other times he just gets caught, you know, either puck watching or not really being aware of his spatial gapping and stuff like that, which, you know, he's a young rookie, you sort of expect. But I think we've kind of seen what Logan is most likely to turn into, which is like a quality third pairing guy or maybe even a, a third pairing D who has to be sheltered. Generally speaking, he really wasn't given super difficult minutes, and I think that that reflected itself in most of the performances he had. 
you know, the games where he actually struggled mightily, he was either pushed into a more prominent role or again got pressured by the players that tend to be his kryptonite. So I think Logan does have an NHL role. I just don't know if he's really much more than like a third pairing D, which is why the decision to protect him over Dylan DeMello doesn't really make sense to me. DeMello is a proven known asset and somebody who is, in my mind, one of Winnipeg's most important skaters. I feel like people look at him and say, well, you know, he's easily replaceable. And I look at that and I say, really, is that so? Because the Jets are really bad when it comes to defenders. Every time Winnipeg signs a D, it's usually somebody who is more like a 7th D being asked to play a top 4 role. If you want to see top pairing or top 4 Lucas Abisa again, be my guest. I don't know about you, but I have enough horror show memories of watching, you know, 3rd pairing or even 7th D trying to play on the top pairing for the Jets, and we've already seen it even last season. You know, Nate Beaulieu was constantly playing with Josh Morrissey even when all evidence pointed to that pairing being one of the worst in the NHL. And so it's not really surprising when Dylan DeMello comes along and suddenly Josh Morrissey looks more like an NHL defender. My thoughts on exposing Morrissey aside, he's definitely the kind of guy that has sort of fallen off over the past couple of years, and if you take him away from like a really skilled puck mover or somebody who can essentially be a more assertive defender, Morrissey really struggles. He needs to be more of a complimentary piece, even though I think the expectation for him this year was that he was the number one lead defender. That is not the situation with him anymore, and I think expectations need to be altered. That's one of the reasons why DeMello is so effective. He essentially kind of calms this whole lineup down by being, you know, Morrissey's best partner, somebody who can get Josh to, like, break-even performance. And you may not think that actually sounds that impressive, but for one of the worst defenders in the NHL, especially on the left side, DeMello turning Josh into basically an average defender is a, a very large feat, nothing that I think should ever be scoffed at. Everyone else who skates with Josh basically just sinks, other than Jacob Truba, and we don't really have access to Truba anymore, so DeMello is our best option. For a guy who is a competent top four puck mover with good defensive instincts and, and somebody who has really good body positioning as well as a, a pretty decent IQ, the choice to essentially expose him when he's on a great contract for three more years at around three million per season is just baffling to me. And I know that, you know, today it was said in the media that the Jets are expecting Mason Appleton to be the one selected. Even if that's the case, right, even if you're expecting or even know that Mason Appleton is basically a lock to be chosen, why take the risk of having DeMello be exposed? If you don't need to worry about Logan Stanley being plucked, then make sure that you protect your most important assets. If it comes to the day of and all of a sudden Seattle decides DeMello is the guy to take, Winnipeg is basically up the creek without a paddle. We have no good right-handed defenders. The Jets' blue line is basically running on fumes right now, and if, if in fact, you know, DeMello goes, the Jets are completely screwed. They have no other alternatives. It's basically Neil Pionk and then whoever else they can find. That is absolutely 100% not going to cut it at the NHL level. Winnipeg will be in serious trouble if DeMello gets claimed. We've already seen what happens against Montreal when DeMello went out with an injury. The Jets completely collapsed. If he gets claimed, Winnipeg is going to be in some seriously dire straits unless they can find a replacement like Dougie Hamilton or something, right? And that's a first-pairing defender who, let's be honest, probably isn't coming to Winnipeg. The Jets are going to have to hope and pray that DeMello does not get claimed this coming week because if he is, yeah, we're in serious, serious doo-doo. Let me know your thoughts on the protection lists and why you think uh, either DeMello should have been protected or is fine to be exposed in favor of Logan Stanley. Let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets, and maybe I'll talk about your perspectives on our next episode. It's now time to turn our attention away from the Winnipeg Jets to the Nashville Predators, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Philadelphia Flyers for arguably the trade of the weekend and certainly one of the biggest trades of the year so far. Before then, I thought you should know about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place to do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. 
Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international football, and every sport in between. No matter what sport you're into, Bet Online has your back. Before that next pitch or faceoff, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get on the action today as all of your favorite teams begin for their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. To get started, sign up for a free account at betonline.ag, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello friends and welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on the big trade over the weekend. This has been a very interesting build-up to what has been a crazy expectation of the Seattle Kraken roster expansion draft, which is happening later this week. And quite honestly, everyone seems to be losing their minds. So, aside from the Jets making some weird protection list choices, let's talk about the trade. This one was a three-way trade involving Philadelphia, Vegas, and the Nashville Predators. The Philadelphia Flyers acquire Ryan Ellis, and in exchange, they sent Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick to Nashville. And then Nashville sent Nolan Patrick to Vegas for Cody Glass. This one is a strange trade for a couple of reasons. Now, the Flyers get a really good defender who has had a couple of injury issues as of late and has uh, several years on his contract left. He signed through 2027, and at the age of 30, you might actually be a little bit worried with him. He's had a couple of serious lower body injuries, and the last one sidelined him for quite a bit of time, and so I actually think there's a decent amount of risk with this deal because it's not like Ryan Ellis hasn't had lower body injuries before. And I think his last one was like a ligament injury or terror or something along those lines, which when you're you're getting to be that age, it is a little bit harder to recover from that, especially if you lose a step. But let's kind of take the more optimistic and positive spin. If, you know, Ryan Ellis actually recovers and is back to where he was, uh, you know, last season or the season before, you're talking about a guy who is a really great top-pairing defender and one of the best offensive defenders in the league, somebody who can really transition up the ice well, who can manage your power play, who runs a really good even-strength scheme, and can control the tempo of offensive zone possession. All of that stuff is, is really helpful for the Flyers who are looking for a lead number 1D I think Ryan Ellis is probably somewhere between a number one and a number two, but he's very good. And what the Flyers gave up in Myers and Patrick I don't think is unreasonable. Myers is like a quality second pairing defender. Nolan Patrick, at this point, I don't know how much of an NHL future he has left. The migraines and potential head injuries that he's suffered over the past couple of seasons have basically sidelined him indefinitely, and I don't know if there's a way for him to really get back to at least a more regular level of playing. While he has played a couple of games, I believe, over the past season, it's not like Patrick has been a major factor, and so at this point, he just needs a change of scenery and a good bill of health. Going to Vegas could be a good landing spot. I think, you know, Patrick still has the tools and skill sets to be an effective, you know, either middle six or top six center. I think at this point, expecting him to be more than like a third liner or even a second liner is probably asking a lot of him. I think you would most likely find him on like the 3C role, kind of working his way up if he can get there. But Patrick has lost a a decent amount of valuable NHL time, and you have to worry about his long-term health. Cody Glass going to the Preds instead is kind of an interesting one because Glass hasn't really worked out the way that uh, Vegas was hoping for. While he is a pretty defensively responsible center, his offensive input is very limited and in fact might actually be a, you know, an active hindrance to the team, so I don't really know if Glass is going to find his game with the Preds, although his, his player profile might actually fit with a team that 
you know, generally speaking, loves defenders. Over the past season or so, they've tried to flip that script and become a more attacking-oriented team, bringing in some young, talented goal scorers and some of their farm talent, but this is a Preds team that still struggles to score goals and has to rely a little bit on their defense and their goaltending. I'm not 100% sure how much Glass is going to contribute immediately, but if he can start to find some of that talent that made him such a really highly touted prospect, there's a shot at somebody being a really decent top six uh, forward there. So I, I don't know. This one is a very strange trade. The Flyers definitely, in my mind, want out on this one so long as Ryan Ellis can play a couple of seasons at, at like a healthy rate. Even if Ellis kind of struggles to stay healthy, he only cost Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick in this case, which you take the gamble on like a top pairing defender, and I feel like that one is a pretty okay bet, relatively speaking. The Preds didn't really get a great return. I think Myers and Glasses in general, not amazing. Even if it had been Myers and Patrick, I still would not have been impressed. Um, and then Vegas getting Patrick... Yeah, I guess it's interesting. I don't know what they see in him that they could probably bring back out. I think it's going to be a really tough task to kind of rehabilitate him and get him back to an NHL level, but maybe they see in him some of the same stuff that they saw in the draft years in which Patrick was such a highly touted prospect, and they think they can be the ones to draw it back out. I imagine this will just be the first of many roster moves as we get past the expansion draft and into the regular season. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Jets do. Hopefully they're active in making some moves to improve the team. Winnipeg has plenty of assets to work with, and they need to start getting serious about winning. Let me know what you think of this trade and what you think the Jets should do in the offseason. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's show, though, that will do it. We'll have some continued expansion draft thoughts and maybe talking about some of the other teams' protected lists and what players might be especially notable new Kraken members. Before you sign off for tonight's show, though, be sure to check out Locked On Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.